Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast. I'm Patrick Reif. And I'm Alex McGlynn. And today we're going to talk with Alex about why he chose to postpone his wedding. Yeah, so I'm sure you guys have heard us talk a lot about it. It's been mentioned multiple times. Uh, I was supposed to get married on October 17th. I actually am still getting married on October 17th. Long story, which we'll get into. Um, but the main ceremony has been postponed until uh, May of 20, 2021. Hopefully everything is cleared up by then. Yeah, yeah. So, um, God, all these, Sarah Chancy. That's fun. Hey, Sarah. Uh, okay, so Alex has pulled together some tips, a bit of his triage process, if you will. Um, but before we get to it, I just wanted to kind of ask a few questions so sure it is uh august 19th yeah when did you actually when did you guys decide to cancel what was the date uh it was around july 10th so so you, story well so you held your breath for four and a half months basically yeah. being like this isn't happening so i just think it would be funny um and people would find it interesting to when you and leslie finally got to the place where you were like maybe we shouldn't do this yeah so Obviously, when all this started, uh, when uh, things started to shut down in mid-March, uh, we reached out to our, our wedding venue, Red August Barn in Stanton, Virginia. It's a beautiful place if you're in the Central Virginia area and you're looking for a wedding venue. Uh, Debbie is amazing. Um, but we reached out to her. Uh, she was more than willing to work with us on rescheduling if we wanted to. Uh, her recommendation was to hold tight because she was willing to hold the spring spot for us. Um, and just kind of see what happened and she would just open the spot back up if it looked like things were going to, to be manageable. Um, and I'm sure like most of you listening, uh, when all this started, I was expecting um, that we would have it under control by the time October rolled around. You know, in my head we had uh, seven months uh, to get it under control and get it to a point where it was safe for 150 people to be together in a, uh, an open space. Um, I'm getting married in a barn, so again, there's a lot of space, it's not really cramped, everyone was gonna have a lot of room to move around, and I figured with temperature checks and potentially face masks that uh, it would work out. As time went on and things continued to get worse, it became kind of increasingly obvious. Um, and I think the big shift for me was somewhere around June, um, things started to spike all over the country really rapidly. Obviously New York City was bad for a while and then the South got really, really bad very quickly. Um, and that's kind of when I came to the conclusion that we were probably going to have to postpone our wedding uh, or at least significantly cut back on the number of guests. Um, I think Leslie probably came to the conclusion around the same time, but we just didn't want to talk about it. It was one of those things that we were both thinking and didn't want to have to bring up to the other person because we'd been planning this for almost 18 months and we're like, didn't just didn't want to have to say it out loud, uh, and then uh, the travel bans is actually the travel ban is actually what started the um, it was kind of the impetus for me bringing up the conversation. So states started limiting where people were allowed to go. Um, you know, New York put that travel ban in. Like if, if my friends from New York went to my wedding in Virginia, they would have to quarantine for two weeks. Some of them are essential workers, nurses, doctors, um, engineers, and they can't quarantine for two weeks. So that was gonna cause all sorts of issues and I finally just brought it up to Leslie that I thought we should pull the plug and she was overwhelmingly in favor of doing that. Um, because again, if your friends can't be at your wedding, if your family is gonna be at risk going to your wedding, um, at some point you have to ask yourself, 
is it even worth it to have to try and pull it off if you're putting people at risk or you're those closest to you can't attend because of you know interstate travel bans yeah yeah bummer so uh what, like what was the response like from your your friends and family um, when you when you reached out to to let them know? Uh, so it's kind of funny. Uh, a lot of them, I think, were relieved. I'm not going to speak for them. No one's said that they were relieved that we postponed it. But based on the, there was obviously some sadness that we were going to have to do this. Everyone felt really bad uh, that our wedding just happened to coincide with the worst pandemic we've seen in. A century, um, but uh, a lot of them I think were probably very relieved. Um, no one wanted to have to miss the wedding. And again, if you're in a situation where you just don't have a choice, I mean, again, if your employee says or employer says you can't go, or your state says you can't go, uh, or your health is a reason not to attend, there's not much you can do right. about that. So hopefully, by moving it, we've made it easier for everyone to be able to to attend in the spring. Yeah, and so the alternative plan mm -hmm. has been what. So, uh, like I said, we are still getting married on October 17th. Uh, we have decided to have a really small ceremony with like 20 people um, in a very large house in Pennsylvania uh, that up until very recently was doing really well and is also trending back to doing really well uh, in terms of their COVID response. So uh, the idea is that everyone's gonna get tested before they go. Everyone's been very gracious about that part and been very willing to do that. Um, so that we'll know everyone who's in attendance, and again, small, small wedding, uh, is uh, negative. They test negative, they can go. If they test positive, we're gonna have some sort of live streaming thing, um, and we'll probably have Pixie Web so that people can share photos. Um, but that is the, the current idea, so something super small. Um, Leslie, my fiance, was bound and determined to get married in the fall. So instead of pushing our wedding an entire year, we decided to still get married in October and then again have a larger 150 person-ish wedding in May. I think that totally makes sense. I mean, you'd be pissed if you didn't do that and you guys like almost made it to like your silver anniversary, like your 50 year anniversary and you died at 49 years and like, <laughs> we would have been there. We, we would have made it over the hump, but like, damn it. So COVID 50 years later haunting my nightmares. <laughs> All right, so a big part of the episode was kind of, we thought that, um, we, I mean, we've talked a lot about events being impacted by COVID and Alex had an event that was being impacted by COVID. So we thought anecdotally it was interesting, but more practically speaking, Alex has had to reschedule his wedding um, and give it like, you know, I know a lot of people have been through this. Some people are doing little bumps, you know, like six, eight, three months down the line. This is a big bump with another thing thrown in as mm -hmm. like an interim. So we, um, we thought it would be cool and Alex was willing to, to kind of outline the six step list of kind of how he went about rescheduling his, um, his wedding for next year. So I'm gonna kind of drop back a little bit and let Alex kind of take you guys through his triage process. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And also just for anyone who's listening, the reason we pushed it to May um, is as of right now, the, the thinking is that the vaccine will be out sometime in December or January. Uh, so the hope is that it will be widely accessible by March or April. So by the time May rolls around, uh, this hopefully won't be a huge cause for concern. Um, and if it is, I guess we'll just push it out again. I don't know what else to do. Um, you can't control uh, Mother Nature or this virus, clearly. Uh, so number one, uh, and this is really important, you gotta move quickly and you have to be decisive. Um, there are a whole lot of things that need to happen from a vendor and an attendee standpoint if someone's coming to your wedding. So if you are even considering 
postponing or changing the date, have an open and honest conversation with your partner about what that means uh, and potentially with your family if they're helping you uh, pay for it. And then uh, if you decide to, again, uh, move it to a different date or whatever, or just postpone it or to shorten the guest list or whatever it is that you've come to the conclusion of that you need to do, just make sure you do it really quickly uh, because again, hotels are being really helpful in giving people refunds and moving people's dates and things like that but you don't want to put them in a situation where they're having to refund people three weeks before when your wedding was supposed to be. Similarly with your venue, if they're able to schedule a smaller ceremony or some other type of event in place of where your wedding was supposed to be, giving them as much time and room to do that is, uh, they're going to be very grateful for it. Uh, they'll more than likely be willing to help, help you out and move things and it's not going to be a problem. But again, if you can reciprocate by being responsible enough to do it a few months in advance to give them some breathing room, um, it will make everyone's life a lot easier. So again, move quickly, be decisive, whatever it is you decide to do, uh, you gotta start putting plans into action really quickly. And this actually kind of works really nicely as a segue into the next tip. You have to communicate and then over communicate and then re-communicate and you really can't tell people enough about what's happening. Um, it is not very often that weddings get postponed uh, and usually when they do, they are indefinite postponements. Um, so it's not something people are used to. Uh, it's not, vendors aren't used to it necessarily neither are hotels, your guests certainly aren't. So make sure that you send an email out to everyone you, or text out to everyone you can communicate with quickly and then send a, um, a new save the date card uh, or change the date card or postpone the date card, whatever you want to call it. Get it in the mail really quickly to everyone that you're planning on uh, having at your, your new event, uh, your new wedding date. And again, I know it's a little bit uh, out of character, especially for a wedding, but Sending a mass email or a mass text out to people uh, to get the information spread quickly is probably your best bet because the Postal Service has been a little bit delayed with this um, and things get lost in the mail sometimes and people don't always check their mail when they get it, especially if they have a vacation home or something like that. So again, make sure that you are getting the information out there as fast as possible through whatever channels uh, are going to spread the information the fastest. Uh, next, this is... Uh, somewhat controversial for some people, but you gotta you gotta do what you have to do, especially in these times. Don't be afraid to trim your list. Um, so again, Leslie and I decided to have two ceremonies. That means we're paying for two ceremonies. The one in the fall is super small, so it's not gonna cost a lot of money, but it put us over our budget. So we had to make some sacrifices on our May ceremony, uh, and we had to trim some catering options and trim some of the guest list. Uh, again, people will understand this is not uh, a normal, hey, you're not actually invited to my wedding anymore situation. This is a, hey, there's a global pandemic and my budget is what my budget is and this doesn't fit anymore. Um, especially if you had your wedding planned for a time of the year where it wasn't very expensive and then you had to move it to a time that is uh, considerably more expensive. So if you're getting married in like the dead of summer or the middle of winter, depending on where you are, you can get a great discount. If you had to move it to the spring or fall, you're probably going to be paying a premium. Um, so make sure that you, you plan that accordingly and that you're not afraid to tell people, um, and again, the nicest way possible that they can no longer be, uh, in attendance at your wedding because you just don't have the budget or you had to change venues and it's not as big. Again, people will understand this is not a normal circumstance. Um, next up, consider having two ceremonies. If you're dead set on getting married in the fall, like Leslie was, um, you can have a much smaller ceremony. I mean, the 20 person wedding costs maybe a couple thousand dollars, uh, maybe even less if you can do the catering yourself. So consider doing that. Uh, it's a really 
nice way to have a small intimate gathering, super intimate gathering, um, and still have that same wedding date and anniversary date uh, that you want so that you don't miss your 50th uh, anniversary because you <laughs> healed over at 49 and a half years. Um, of marriage. Of marriage, yes, not of age, of marriage. Uh, so, uh, again, just kind of think through that. It might be an option for some people. Some people uh, are going to want to just push it out the full year uh, so that they maintain their, their same wedding time frame. Whatever works for you, do that. Um, but subs at the courthouse is like an awesome idea. Just saying. It works. Um, and then next up, uh, this is a one that's really easy to overlook. Um, and also your vendors are going to be kind of uh, into disarray as well, so they might not even think about it. Make sure your decorations, your flowers, your menu, your alcohol selection, if you have a craft cocktail, anything like that, make sure it's matching with the new date of your wedding. Um, so if you're having a fall wedding and all your colors are built around the idea that it's in the fall, um, whether it's the color of your dresses or the color of your flowers or the menu that you've crafted, um, make sure that it's going to match with your new spring wedding. Um, so Leslie and I have had to go through all this. We've had to change our catering menu. We've had to adjust our flowers because flowers that are available in the fall aren't available in the spring. Um, because of the new flowers, the bridesmaids' dresses colors may or may not have to change. The groomsmen's colors are for sure going to have to change. So again, there's a whole host of things that go along with that. Um, you don't plan a fall wedding the same way as you would a spring wedding in terms of color palettes and things like that. Uh, and even weather concerns. I mean, it's a whole different uh, ball game, but we're probably going to have to get a tent because it rains in the spring. Yeah. Um, so things like that, just make sure you think through that so that you don't have any unfortunate surprises uh, when your wedding does roll around. Also realize that, sorry, like this is your, your bag as well, but you know, like your wedding, uh, your, your wedding vendors or your, just your vendors in general are going to be as accommodating as they possibly can. But please be realistic if you are doing an entire aesthetic change for your event because it's happening in the spring instead of the fall, you know, like, like that's probably not going to be able to come free comped uh, instead yep. of redesigning your entire thing. You're basically asking them to do the entire project um, all over again, and that is going to cost a, a ton of, of man hours. And uh, in a year where where the industry is already struggling, so you know, come come to the table appreciative for what you do get, um, but also you know, realistic about the challenges that a lot of your vendors are going to be going through when you need them to basically replan a new event for you. It's actually a great segue. So two things here. One, um, if you come to the table with ideas and you come to the table willing to help, uh, it will look more than likely lower the overall cost of replanning things. Um, but obviously if you have to get new, uh, you know, invitations printed or your florist has to go through a whole new aesthetic or your uh, event planner has to go through a whole new aesthetic, they're gonna have to charge you something, but again, if you're willing to help and you're coming to the table with ideas, um, it can lower the overall cost. And then the second part of this is your vendors really do care about you. Um, I didn't actually learn this during my wedding replanning. I kind of already knew that. I've been in the events industry for a while now. I know that vendors really care about their, uh, their customers, um, but it's something you need to know when you're doing this is you gotta be open and you gotta be honest with your vendors about what's happening, what changes are needing to be made, and what you're looking for, and they will do their best to accommodate you within their capabilities. So some of your vendors are gonna be booked that weekend. Uh, so like our, we've had to change our photographer. Uh, it's still the same company, but the person who was supposed to be taking the photos is um, has a prior engagement. So we've had to change that. Um, some of, luckily our wedding band was still available. 
Um, some of the things for our, our florist isn't going to be able to deliver the same date as she was supposed to. There's a lot of things that are going into it. Again, uh, the entire idea though is that they are doing everything they can to accommodate and some of them have even been willing to end the contract with us so that we can go find a new vendor that is, will match what we need. Um, luckily, we've been able to find a way to make it work with the people we were supposed to be working with for the fall wedding. Um, but they really do care. They're going to be willing to help. You just have to be willing to ask and to talk and to communicate. Um, this is a new thing for everybody. No one, uh, no one who's at least in the wedding planning business has ever seen anything like this happen before. So uh, again, open communication lines um, and being willingness to, to bend a little bit on what you want and what you need is going to go a long way in making sure that uh, your wedding is a memorable occasion and that you still have an amazing experience. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for being willing to talk about it, talk us through kind of how, how you dealt Absolutely. with it. I think that this will be really valuable to all of our listeners. Um, so if, you, uh, if you've got someone in your life who has a wedding that they're having to replan or refigure something out for, um, share this episode with them. Maybe they'll find it helpful. Um, also, if anyone ever has any questions about this or the process that they're going through it and they want to know more details, hit me up. My email is on our website. Uh, it's alexapixelated.com. I'm more than willing to share my thoughts and opinions on the easiest way to make it happen. Um, this is new for everyone. I luckily am in the events industry, so it made this a little bit easier for me. Um, but I know uh, people who are, are unfamiliar with the process um, that can feel really overwhelming. So again, reach out to us. That's awesome. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, before you go, we would really appreciate if you could leave us a review. Uh, it helps us find more listeners for the podcast. And also don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Um, make sure that you get notified every day when we publish a new episode. So without further ado, I'm Patrick Reif. And I'm Alex McGlynn. See you tomorrow.